everyone, and welcome back to Anything Joe's, a collaborative journey through the world of G.I. Joe. My name is Greg Engel. And I'm Jaron Decker. And we'll be your host today. Today on Anything Joe's, we have a very special segment, a segment that I have been calling Jaron Finds His Fate. I have challenged Jaron to successfully make it through the 1985 G.I. Joe Find Your Fate book. Jaron, are you familiar with these Find Your Fate books at all? Uh, I, I've, I've done some Find Your Fates, but I've never done a, a G.I. Joe-themed one. I'm not sure if I'm up to snuff, but I guess we'll know, you know, here soon. So, for those of you that are unfamiliar with the Find Your Fate series, you are probably more likely familiar with the Choose Your Own Adventure series, of which this is ripping off. And basically, it's a series of short stories where you have to make a decision, and you turn to a certain page, and there are multiple endings in this book. So... Here are the rules that I have established for Jaron to play this game. Jaron will make all the decisions in the book as they are presented. If he makes a decision that ends in a bad ending, then he gets an X, or as I've been calling it, a Howling Timber. When he gets an X, he is allowed to rewind to the previous decision and choose the other decision and move forward. That continues until he gets three X's, or Howling Timbers, three Wolf Moon. Or he paints himself into a corner, and both of the decisions he chooses lead, ultimately leads to poor endings. If Jaren can successfully make it to a good ending within those three challenges, within those three X's, then he wins a prize from my personal collection, which is G.I. Joe number 21 from the Marvel run, a.k.a. The Silent Issue, probably the most well-known comic in the run, arguably. Jaron, do you have do you have any questions about this process before we get started? I mean, other than just, I don't know what I'm doing, but I am here for it, and I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna get that silent issue one way or another. Well, the good news is is that this book is targeted at young adults, so Yay! you have a pretty good chance. <laughs> um, so let's take a look at the cover real quick. Um, this was released in 1985. It's called Operation Star Raider, uh, and it was written by a gentleman named Eric Affaby, the most Monty, Monty Python-esque name I could think of. <laughs> uh, and it states on the front, you are a member of the G.I. Joe team. You must protect a scientist visiting the Defense Department and keep his new secret weapon out of Cobra hands. I don't know why the Baroness is so uh, chill here on this cover. She looks like she's just checking out her gun while Roadblock is running to... Uh, not fist bumper, I guess. I don't know what's going on. This cover is very, very unusual. Um, so, with that in mind, let's crack this bad boy open and get started. Oh boy, what am I in for? So, there's a little bit of introductory text here in the beginning uh, before we get to the first decision. So, I just sit back, Jaron, and let me paint you a picture with my words. All right. <laughs> Welcome to the pit. The underground headquarters of the G.I. Joes is your new home. That's because you're about to become the newest member of the G.I. Joe team. Your code name? Wise Guy. Your major talent? To think fast and make wise decisions under pressure. Your assignment? Strategy Specialist. A special G.I. Joe squad is about to go into action. The mission will not be an easy one. As Strategy Specialist, it will be up to you to make sure it is a successful one. Read the directions at the bottom of each page, then make your decision about what to do next. 
If you make the right decisions, the team will score a triumph over the evil forces of Cobra, and you will be recognized as a hero. If you make the wrong choices, you'll wish you never joined the team. Two <laughs> exclamation points. I'm really oh, driving man. that home. Double good, exclamation point. Good luck, soldier. Begin your mission on page one. Oh, boy. I... They must not know me giving me this uh, this specialization. Seems a lot of pressure for a children's book. And for the newest recruit. <laughs> Page one. Can't you move any faster, Ripcord? What's your problem? Did you jump out of too many airplanes without a parachute? I think you would only do that once, but what do I know? Blowtorch gives Ripcord a playful shove as you follow a group of Joes through the armored corridor. Where's the fire, Blowtorch? Ripcord replies, shoving him back. The other G.I. Joes laugh. You're walking through the second level of the pit toward the briefing room. It's 0600 hours on Sunday morning. You can understand why your fellow G.I. Joes are a bit edgy. Why has Duke, your sergeant, called a briefing session at this hour? It must be important. You enter the low-ceilinged room and take your places along the, along the long table. There are seven of you waiting in silence for Duke to enter. Hey, I smell smoke, Matt cries, jumping up from his seat. What's burning in here? Turn to page two. Oh, man. There's already a fire. <clears throat> Smells like burning rubber, Airtight says with a peculiar grin on his face. It's my boot, Mutt cries. He begins stamping his foot, trying to put out the fire. Airtight, you idiot. This is no time for your stupid practical jokes. <laughs> Airtight falls off his chair laughing. The other G.I. Joes are laughing too, mainly because it didn't happen to them. Blowchorch doesn't laugh. Fire is not a joking matter to him. <laughs> Mutt angrily leaps at Airtight, but Snake Eyes pulls him back with a simple flick of the wrist. You shouldn't play jokes on Mutt, you tell Airtight, who is still laughing. Mutt spends so much time with dogs, he's likely to bite your leg. You're right, he gave his own mother rabies, Airtight shoots back. <laughs> Everyone laughs, even Spirit, who usually disapproves of rowdiness. But the laughter stops immediately when Duke enters the briefing room. Time to get serious, guys, he says, rubbing a hand slowly through his short, blonde hair. I've got a small job for you. What is this mission? Turn to page 20. Oh, boy. I think they could have put these three pages in consecutive orders into a <laughs> decision. Yeah. You would have thought, right? <clears throat> There's not been any choices. Like, it's, it's just going along. Duke switches on the slide projector and a face appears on the screen. It is the face of a man with wavy white hair, piercing blue eyes, and a short, cropped white mustache. The man is dressed in a long white lab coat. This is Dr. Newton Fitzsimmons, Duke says. He's an Australian scientist. And this is Dr. Fitzsimmons' invention. He clicks to the next slide. It shows a small red metal device. It doesn't look like much, does it? But it's a heavy-duty machine. What is it exactly, Sarge? You ask. It's called the Star Raider. It's a nuclear anti-missile device, Duke answers. It can be launched from any kind of space satellite. You better believe that the boys in the Pentagon are real eager to see how this little beauty works. That's where we come in. We're going to uh, borrow it from the scientist, Airtight asks. That's too simple, Duke says. We're not going to steal it. I wouldn't need you guys for that. No, it seems that the Defense Department has invited Dr. F. to Washington. He's agreed to fly here and bring his plans for the Star Raider to show to the big boys at the Pentagon. And our job, you ask? Our job is to protect Dr. F. during his visit to the U.S., Duke says. You see, I've left out one little detail. Cobra, it seems, knows about the Star Raider. And Cobra also knows about the doctor's visit to Washington. My guess is they'll try something, anything, to get those plans for themselves. You look around the table at the G.I. Joe team that will be with you on this mission. Snake Eyes, the silent master of the martial arts. Ripcord, 
the paratrooper, Blowtorch, the fire expert, Spirit, the soldier with the special skills of a Native American medicine man, Airtight, whose specialty is chemical warfare and whose hobby is practical jokes, and Mutt, the feisty dog handler. Cobra should know better than to tangle with this group. <laughs> Duke presents you with two different plans for protecting Dr. Fitzsimmons and his invention. As strategy specials for the team, you will have to decide which plan to put into operation. Turn to page four, read both plans carefully, wise guy, then decide your course of action. Oh boy, this is a lot of pressure to put on the new guy. No doubt. Okay, so this is the big one, all right? Okay. I'm going to lay out two different plans for you, and you have to, you'll have you choose which plan to go with. Oh, great. I can already choose wrong. Oh, no. Wise guy, for your eyes only. Operation Star Raider, two strategies. <laughs> plan A, in full view. Object, to throw Cobra off the track by doing what they'd least expect. Background. Fitzsimmons' plane will land at Kennedy Airport in New York. He will then be taken to Washington. Fitzsimmons will arrive on parade day in New York City. A giant parade in honor of all the other parades that are held in the city is scheduled. <laughs> Strategy. Don't try to hide Dr. Fitzsimmons. Have him ride in the parade up Fifth Avenue with the mayor and full view of everyone. At the end of the parade route, the mayor gets out, the car continues on, accompanied by the Joe team, to the meeting place in Washington. Rationale. Cobra will be totally surprised. Also, it would be next to impossible for Cobra to kidnap Fitzsimmons from an official limo in the middle of a crowded parade. Plan B. Mountain Retreat. Object. To get Dr. Fitzsimmons to the most hidden, secluded place possible. Background. Snake Eyes owns a small cabin in the High Sierras where he goes to escape from the world with his pet wolf. It is secret and secluded, and as far as is known, Cobra is unaware of it. Strategy. Take Fitzsimmons directly from the plane to this hidden cabin in the mountains. Have the Defense Department officials meet with him there and see his plans, then fly him back to Australia. Rationale. He can be gotten in and out of the country without Cobra ever knowing where he is. Also, the mountain cabin should be easy to defend against attack if Cobra should happen to locate Fitzsimmons. The choice is yours. Which strategy will you adopt? Oh, gosh. I didn't like the first one, and then I also did not like the second one. <laughs> like, yes, as, as strategy specialists, please choose between these two pre-made strategies, <laughs> thus essentially nullifying your specialty. Oh, my gosh. So, like, I, I liked the first one until they said, ride in the parade. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, hold on. Like, is, do you know, is, if, <clears throat> is parade day a real thing? I hope a, so. A I giant really parade in honor so. of all other parades that are held in the city. I feel Surely like it, not. I feel like it could have been something that happened in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> like, as someone who wasn't alive in the eighties, I, I, you know, feel like that's something that could have happened. Macy's Day Parade's the only ones I can remember. Mm. Yeah, still going strong. Um. Oh gosh, but the second one, I feel like, I mean, Cobra's going to show up either way. So would I rather have a defended, fortified area in the woods? Or would I rather have a bunch of civilians running around? Um, you say Cobra will show up either way, but what if you choose one of them and it's like, well, you did it, you win. <laughs> <laughs> the, first, the second one's right. It's like they will never know. So you, it just says skip to the end, you win. Yeah, it says um, you nailed it. Good job. No refunds. Oh, gosh. Um, oh. oh, man. You know what? I'm going to go with Snake Eyes' cabin in the woods. Plan B, Mountain Retreat. <clears throat> mountain Retreat plan, it is. Plan B, turn to page 62. Oh, uh, well, 
Cover shows up, we die. It's the end. <laughs> you look up into the purple and white Sierra Mountains. A large, graceful bird floats lazily above tall pine trees. The air is brisk and refreshing. It's beautiful, Spirit says quietly, but even scenery as beautiful as this can hide many dangers. What Spirit's trying to say is that this ain't no sightseeing tour. Let's get going, Blowtorch yells. So far, the mission has gone well. <laughs> All two paragraphs of it. Dr. Fitzsimmons and his secret plans arrived at the airport just on time. From there, you and the Joe team ushered him into an unmarked jet and flew west. Now your convoy of jeeps is about to begin the climb up the steep and narrow trail that winds towards Snake Eyes Cabin in the mountains. You are armed with M16 rifles and Blowtorch has his trusty flamethrower in tow, but there are no signs of danger. The only sounds you hear as you give the signal to move of the trail are the whispers of the wind and the soft chirping of birds. Will your trip to the secluded cabin stay as peaceful? Your jeeps climb the trail slowly but surely. Low scrub gives way to tall pine trees, and the twisting trail grows dark beneath them. What are we going to do up in that cabin while we're waiting for the generals to come? Airtight asks. All this nature stuff up here makes me nervous. Anyone bring a deck of cards? Wait, you hiss, gesturing for Airtight to be quiet. Ahead, you see a large boulder in the middle of the trail. That boulder didn't fall there, Spirit says, raising his rifle. It was put there, maybe to stop us. Suddenly, gunfire flares from the trees on both sides of the trail. Spirit was right. It's oh, an ambush. No. Turn to page 87. Oh, no! <laughs> you leap out of the jeeps and hit the dirt. Matt pulls Dr. Fitzsimmons out of the gunfire. Get down, Doc, he cries. We got us a little action here. Kapla plow, kapla plow. <laughs> the quiet <laughs> mouth. Respect my Foley work, please. That the, quiet, the quiet mountain air is filled with automatic weapon fire. You can see your foes advancing through the thick pine trees, firing their weapons. Cobra soldiers, they've got you outnumbered by at least five to one. We gotta clear out one side so we can get into the woods, Airtight yells, blasting into the trees with an M16. There are too many of them. We're safer here by the jeeps, Ripcord yells, heaving a grenade at the group of Cobras. As strategy specialist, you have to choose which is the better plan. Do you stay by the jeeps? Or do you try to get into the woods? Mm. First off, I don't trust that bird at the very beginning of this whole thing. That bird? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, it, it's, it mentioned a bird in the sky flying. I think it was it was something. Look, that's all I'm saying. I, I don't so trust think the bird. You think it's one of Raptor's birds? Yeah. He's trained to blind spy on them? I, I think. I don't think I, Raptor's invented at the time this book came out. They, they, they might not have known it was his, but it was his. Who so... Those are my, my options are to either run into the woods, uh, mm -hmm. like Little Red Riding Hood, or stay by the, the Jeeps where I'm outnumbered five to one. Huh. Yep. Man, you really would think as strategy specialist, I would have planned ahead for this kind of situation. It, it's, that's why they brought you. Yeah. And then they pigeonhole me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, this is before the world of the free roam game. This is as close as to Red Dead Redemption as we got as kids. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it was magical at that point, just going back and you know redoing it and seeing the best possible scenario. I actually um, do have I actually do have pretty good memories of these books from when I was a kid, but I I didn't own this one. I bought this one specifically for this, but I had a couple of, of good ones. Oh boy, I am this this is really entertaining, and it makes me think way too hard about these decisions. <laughs> um, so, huh. woods, it's 
stayed by the. I, I feel like if we stay there, we're we're just gonna get, like, there's a boulder in the way. Like, what are we gonna do? So let's go to the woods. That's what I'm gonna say. Okay. Try to get into the woods. Turn to page fifty-two. Oh no, I don't like fifty-two. Airtight is right. He isn't just being reckless this time. You yell. We're sitting ducks here in the middle of the road. Let's clean out the woods. Airtight yells, jumping up and running into the woods. His M16 blazing. Crazy fool! Blowtorch yells, but he's right behind Airtight. His deadly flamethrower spitting in all directions. Can I just break a little bit and talk about how incredibly careless this is to just light up a flamethrower into the woods <laughs> or and a fire recklessly? The rest of the Joe team follows them into the trees, attacking with rifles and grenades. The Cobras don't retreat a step. They know they have you outnumbered. Whoosh! The underbrush in front of you burst into flame as Blowtorch goes to work. That should push him back a bit, he cries. But there are too many of them. You soon see that you cannot win this battle. You look around. Where can you retreat? Then, suddenly, you hear guns blasting from behind the Cobras. Someone else has entered the battle. The Cobras... The Cobras spin around and begin firing in the other direction. Now they are being attacked from both sides. You peer through the trees as you advance against the Cobras to see who the new combatants are. Destro, you cry. Is Destro <laughs> yes. really going up against Cobra? He usually works with them. Yes, it's Destro, the notorious weapons supplier and a band of mercenaries. Of course it makes sense, you tell yourself. Destro would love to get a hold of the plans for the Star Raider. Then he could sell them to the highest bidder. You decide to use this opportunity to get Dr. Fitzsimmons to safety. Let them battle it out, you call the Joe team. Let's get Dr. F up to the cabin. As the Cobras and Destro's soldiers trade fire, you and the others make your way up the trail. Dr. F is shaken but unharmed. Snake Eyes unlocks the door to the small cabin and locks it behind you once everyone is inside. But it isn't much of a fortress, you realize, and whoever wins the fight in the woods will soon be coming after Dr. F. Should you radio the pit for backup help? The backup might not reach you in time. Or should you prepare the cabin for an all-out battle? Prepare the cabin or radio for help? Uh, hmm. Gosh, that's that's a tough one. Um, okay, so I radio for help, and who knows when it arrives and even who it arrives. I mean, I've got the A-team with me. I mean, <laughs> i got blowtorch. So... But then again, it is a cabin. So really, how much fortification can you do? Mm-hmm. <sighs> hmm. Part of me is wanting to call for backup because I feel like it could save me in the end. The other part of me thinks maybe another piece of plywood would help. <laughs> um, that's true. Everybody knows that's Destro's weakness. Plywood. <laughs> He, he just turns around. And he's like, oh, I can't do anything with this. <laughs> um, you know what? Let's go. Let's go with radio for. Ah, no. Mm, <laughs> gosh. The indecision. Ah. Uh, let me. Uh, hmm. Let me consult. Small snake eyes. What do I do? Yeah. Okay. Uh, small snake he eyes. He can't talk. I... What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I got it from the. Uh, the stillness of his head, oh, his, okay, his okay. small six-inch scale head. That um, we're going to go with fortify. Okay, prepare the cabin. Turn to page 37. Oh, no. We're moving backwards now. <laughs> Backup forces would never get here in time, even in Sky Strikers, Ripcord says. 
You're right, you agree. We've got to fight it out right here in this cabin. I really must apologize for all the trouble I've caused, Dr. Fitzsimmons says sadly, shaking his head. All in a day's work, Blowtorch says, looking for a good place to set up his flamethrower. I don't mean to put down your cabin here, Snake Eyes, Mutt says, looking around for the small, bare room. But this isn't exactly the safest place to defend ourselves. I think we ought to set up out in the woods. At least we can hide behind trees out there. A few grenades in this place will look like it was never here. We've got good cover and four walls to protect us here, Ripcord says. Out in the woods, we're too vulnerable. As strategy specialist, you've got to decide where to prepare for battle. Oh. In the cabin or in the woods. Oh my gosh. But not in the cabin in the woods because that's a science fiction movie. Yeah. Yeah. Not the last house on the left either. You shouldn't. <laughs> um, I do agree that a grenade in, in, in the building, like I said, just a little bit of wood cabin. I kind of was hoping that Snake Eyes would be like, oh, hey, look at this, and then do something and make it way better. Um, <laughs> hmm. From the fireplace flips around and it's a fully armed arsenal. Yes, that's what I was, you know. He just has an actual Sky Striker built into his, <laughs> his shack. <laughs> um, okay, so here's my thinking, my, my rationale for it. If they're coming, they see the house, they're going to go, oh, let's go for the house. But... If we are in the woods and they start to use, attack the house, we can then counterattack from the woods. So, yeah, let's do the woods. That's a dumb decision, but let's do it. Yeah, all right, into the woods. Turn to page 82. Oh, no. <laughs> we'll be safer in the woods, you decide. At least they'll be harder for them to surround us out there. I'm going to climb a tree and drop pine cones on their heads, Airtight announces. Perhaps we should stick with our sniper rifles and the flamethrower, you suggest. We ain't exactly roughing it here, Ripcord says, smiling. He opens a cabinet and pulls out some explosive devices. We can set up a few mines out by the path. That might shake them up a bit. You begin to set up for battle, using the tall pines and low shrubs as cover. Blowtorch sets up his flamethrower. You ready your grenades. Airtight and Spirit set up the landmines a few hundred yards down the trail. Dr. Fitzsimmons watches everything from his hiding place behind a thick evergreen tree. Hey, we got company, Spirit yells, as he and Airtight come running back to the cover of the trees. Turn to page 23. Oh, boy. Oh, we got a picture. He must be doing something right. Uh, or wrong. Or wrong. They probably, don't, <laughs> they probably don't illustrate your failures. That seems demeaning. Well. <laughs> Cobra Jeeps pull into view. Destro and his mercenaries must have lost the battle. The Jeeps stop just a few feet in front of the landmines. Airtight shakes his head in disappointment. The crimson and blue uniformed Cobras leap from their vehicles and, weapons in hand, attack the cabin. The sound of their rifle fire echoes off the mountainside. Great, you cry. They think we're in the cabin. Let them have it from behind. You open a barrage of gunfire. Blowtorch's flamethrower blows up one of their jeeps. Cobras drop to the ground. Their cries of surprise almost drowned out the roar of the weapons. They spin away from the cabin and turn their fire on you. But you are spread out in the woods, not an easy target. Another cobra drops, then another. Wee, this is fun, Airtight yells. He <laughs> the grenades and takes out another jeep. But now that the element of surprise is gone, the tide of battle begins to turn. You're outnumbered by at least three to one, and cobra bullets are beginning to find their targets. Turn to page 42. Hey, it worked like I thought. They thought we were in the cabin. Took them from behind. We're not going to make it at this rate, Ripcord says to you, crawling behind the shrubs you're shooting from. I've just thought of something. 
Airtight has already suggested pine cones, you say. Firing off another round. I hope you got something better in mind. Oh, wise guy. I've got two rocket packs in the cabin, and there are a few explosives left in that cabinet. If Airtight and I could get into the cabin and get that stuff, we could fly up over these Cobra Clowns and drop a little surprise on them. You'll never make it to the cabin. Too risky, you say, as a grenade explodes a few yards to your right. We might make it. It's worth a try, Ripcord says eagerly. You've got to decide what to do. You've got to make a good decision here. Airtight and Ripcord are too valuable to lose. Tell them it's too risky and continue fighting Cobra from the ground. Or let Airtight and Ripcord try to get to the rocket packs. This is a tough one. This is the tough one. But the tide of battle is turning, so I feel like we have to have a gambit. We gotta do something because right now they're honing in on us. They're they're starting to they're starting to really wear down our our defenses. That's true. It was, it was five to one, and now it's three to one. So you did uh, something right. Yeah. So we, we 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 got them down a little bit, but they're starting to take the tide back. They're starting to really do some work. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna we're gonna do it. We're gonna you know we're gonna we're gonna hail mary it. Let's uh, let's have them try for the explosives. Okay. Airtight and ripcord. Please don't try die. to get to the rocket packs. Turn to page sixty six. Oh, don't die. Okay, go to it, you say grimly. Have a good flight. Airtight signals to Ripcord, and the two of them begin making their way through the low shrubs to the cabin, dodging machine gun bullets and rifle fire. A few seconds later, they run out of the cover of the woods and into the small clearing in front of the cabin. Four Cobras run out to meet them. Ripcord blasts one with his rifle, knocks another in the stomach with the rifle butt. A cloud of smoke from a brush fire started by the flamethrower rises in front of you, and you can't see what happens next. Two Cobras attack you, leaping over the bush that provided your cover. You fight them off, taking a punch in the ribs before finishing them. You roll away from the two Cobras and look toward the cabin. Did Ripcord and Airtight make it inside? You can't see them. Turn to page 70. Oh, no. <laughs> got me. Got me oh, we got, no- we got another image. Oh, uh, okay. That's hey, good. those are the biggest Robins I ever saw, Blowtorch yells. You look up from the ground to see Ripcord and Airtight high in the air in their orange rocket packs. They made it. <sighs> they, boom, they drop the deadly explosives before the Cobras below can react. Then they fly higher to escape the Cobra bullets that fill the sky. Smoke fills the woods. You begin to choke. You cannot see. The Cobra guns are silent now. Will Airtight and Ripcord make it back? Yes. You hear the soft hiss of their rocket packs as your two courageous friends land. Now the mountain is silent. Turn to page 43. You're doing really good. Whew. My heart my heart doesn't feel like we're doing good. <laughs> when the smoke clears, you see a few wounded cobras fleeing down the trail. You look over to the tree where Dr. Fitzsimmons was hiding. He smiles back at you, a trembling, questioning smile. You give him the okay sign. Man, that's the only way to fly, Ripcord says. Where'd everyone go? Airtight asks with a grin. Looks like we've chased them off, you say. And look, over there, Snake Eyes, your cabin is still standing. You don't have much time to celebrate your victory. An army helicopter hovers overhead. A few seconds later, it lands in the clearing in front of the cabin, and the Pentagon generals climb out. You introduce the generals to Dr. Fitzsimmons. Well, doctor, it's a pleasure to see everything running like clockwork for a change, one of the generals beams. Yes, like clockwork, Dr. Fitzsimmons says. He gives you a grin and a salute and follows the generals into the co- into the cabin. The end! I can't believe... We did it! That's it! You... You, yeah, you got a good ending uh, we with did no it. mistakes. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Maybe I underestimated 
the ease of a young adult book as a challenge. <laughs> but I for sure thought that you would not get it, certainly not as efficiently as that. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was like, the, the thing was, like, I felt like some of those decisions were not the right one. There was definitely some dicey choices, but um, I don't know. I haven't seen the bad endings. I don't know how else it would have pawned out. <laughs> That's hmm. that's shocking for sure. I thought I had really, really got us in there. Well, congratulations, Sharon. You won an, an exquisite prize for my personal collection that I definitely didn't want to give you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will uh, I will display it proudly behind me. So that's Operation Starrider. Uh, I hope they get harder after this because <laughs> I've only got so much stuff in my collection. <laughs> I'll keep taking it. Let's go. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, hey, so that's it. I, I mean, it goes as long as it goes. You won. Congratulations. I'm actually extremely proud of you. Uh, clearly, clearly, I'm teaching you well. If you, yes. As you've learned brilliant strategies. Yes, I am. I am the wise guy. <laughs> <laughs> we aren't we all the wise guy at heart? Yeah. All right, so that's going to do it for us today. Uh, thanks so much for watching Anything Joe's, where anything's available for discussion, and Anything Joe's.